And just to add to, a lot of the collections are relatively small. Um, like the one that I minted out yesterday was only 500. And then the one I minted last week was like 400 or 300. I think that also adds to the value. Cool, are you an art collector now? Yeah, I live in New York, Pet. Of course I am. Oh, so that's what happened. You moved to New York and you became a fine art collector. <laughs> bye bye, hot dogs. Hello, art. Fucking hell. Hello and welcome to the 26th episode of Floorcast, the NFT podcast. Forecast, Floorcast, see what we did there? I think it's too warm where I currently am in London for me to do the entire intro. But I will ask you, from my sweaty abode, please leave us a review. You're on Spotify right now? Five stars. You're on Apple right now? Leave us five stars. It's too warm for me to plead with you. It's too warm. So I'm being direct and seeing if that tactic works. Please just go there and leave us five stars. Today I'm rejoined, as usual, by first and foremost, Corwin, community at Floor NFT. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Pat. How are you? I mean, I'm really warm. It's, as I said, 86 in London, whatever. I, I converted it to try and emphasize how warm I'm feeling. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really cool in the floor office today, but outside, yeah, not good weather. Hot, sweaty, humid, nothing like California. People have been going into the office just to get AC because not that many people have AC at home in London. So uh, that's been a thing. We're also rejoined by Curtis J. Cummings. How are you? Doing very well. Calling in from beautiful Nova Scotia, Canada. Amazing. It sounds windy. It's a little windy. We're near the coast, so... There's the odd uh, gust that comes through. Corwin, can you confirm whether or not talking about gusts and wind counts as talking about the weather? Confirmed. I actually can't believe he's talking about this. But then again, I just saw like a lawn chair just fly past behind him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that's so good. So good. Well, look, it's it's good to have you back, Curtis. Um, Haven't been on for a couple of weeks now, which is heartbreaking for me because I have to just speak to Corwin. It's good to be back. Uh, missed you guys. Missed you too. Right, I think we should get straight into it because actually a lot of stuff's happened this week and hopefully we're a little bit more regimented than me and Corwin just going on to random topics left, right and centre last week. But Corwin, I am going to go to you first for your hot topic of the week. What is it, sir? Hot topic or like the store? Do we, Do you guys have those in the UK? <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, you never. You guys don't have hot topic. Okay, never mind. I'll move on. Um, my topic actually this week is art blocks and generative art. There's actually a five hundred thousand dollar Fendeza. How do you say Fid Fendeza sale yesterday? Yeah, art blocks are back. It really seems like the market is really going back towards art blocks. It seems like all the new collections. Like there was a gas war yesterday. I actually, was lucky to get one, and it was for like one of their factory uh, mints, which has like a 100k collection right and those don't usually just or they haven't been in the past been going out like crazy but this like was like a full-on gas war it's actually really crazy to see like this side of the market come back they were trending on icy tools all day yesterday to like 200 plus sales like every hour so i don't know what specifically is bringing like art blocks back compared to other projects but it's great to see and there's a new channel on the floor discord called gen art where people have been making lots or at least some ETH, just talking about all these new projects and minting them. And they have a really cool calendar there too, which I've been following. It starts with art and it ends with art. Curtis, what are your thoughts on this? I, I've been 
not following along the Genart channel, but I really want to jump in and there's a bunch of threads I need to to read to get up to speed. But it's interesting because I've seen on Twitter a bunch of threads mentioning that like Artblocks is the new degen meta. <laughs> so now we're we're out of this like just mint everything that's free and now it's like okay now let's actually get into fine art which is very interesting for seeing some of these uh dgens in the floor discord now jumping on and like debating fine art stuff i think it's a really interesting change but i, I welcome it kind of relates to something i might talk about later but maybe people are just sick of like the staking and the games and all that stuff and they're just like i just want to buy something that looks nice and like i'll just own it for a while instead of uh, jumping through lots and lots of hoops I was I was honestly going to tongue in cheek say like people are so sick of jumping through all these hoops, staking this, staking that, doing this, doing that, all with something that they just thought was you know a digital beanie baby. And yeah, I think crypto art or NFT art has been like the number one. Like it was like the predominantly the first use case uh, when it comes to non fungibles. And I still think it's the most compelling one. Like, I know that might be an unpopular opinion for people, but I really do think that, you know, if you think about art and how poor the discovery is, how expensive the middlemen and the kind of curators are, like, I literally know some people that curate, like, for art galleries, and they're absolute sharks that the artists get killed, the distribution, the so on and so forth. We did that um, episode where one of the topics was the person who said, I'm really sorry, like, I can't keep living on $15,000 a year, like, I'm going to try NFTs, and it sold, like, $30,000 or whatever. That's one example. But I just do think NFTs are like, just makes so much sense. And it always has been. And I, I think it kind of always will do. Do you think it's kind of a, an early sign of like the next bull run for NFTs? No. Stop trying to make the bull happen. It's not going to happen, Corwin. Come on. <laughs> Corwin, if you say it every week, the week that the bull run does start, whether it's a month, a year, a year, like two years from here, you're going to be like, guys, I told you. <laughs> this this project minting out sick i knew look, it it signified look, the start of the new bull market look 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 i i'll be right once okay i'll be right <laughs> i think there is you know art blocks especially has like created an, an awesome community of people their curated drops obviously do really really well i do think that one of the other things is eth stabilizing a little bit like I know we've bounced from kind of 900 to 1200 for a little bit now, but that is usually the number one in indicator as to liquidity, not necessarily demand, but I think people are less fearful of putting their ETH somewhere when it's like bouncing around at huge levels. But I think now that it's stabilized and people are like, okay, well, do I want to buy something speculative or buy something that I like the look of that I wouldn't care about if it, you know, went to zero. If we think about like traditional art, you buy, I don't know, let's say you buy a painting for like $250, you're 99% not going to resell that. The reason why a lot of like NFT naysayers talk about kind of like going to zero, bubble, blah, 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 is because NFTs are so liquid that, you know, there is always a secondary market price that there isn't usually with a lot of physical products. So I think, yeah, people are just like, okay, if this piece of generative art, which is really nice, is $250 and I can buy it and have it and maybe high-res print it and put it on my wall whatever I, I really think or put it on a on the digital display I, I think there's a lot of value there the other thing that might be capturing some of the dgens as well is a lot, lot of more speculative projects pump when influencers show them but art blocks some of the smartest people i know in nfts that aren't necessarily influencers just smart investors have for a long time said that art blocks are here to stay and they're they're a very good investment and i think 
enough of that has gotten out that now people are coming around to and like, oh yeah, okay, maybe I should start listening to these really smart people because the thing, like the squiggles they bought a year ago are now trading at like 10 ETH and maybe the thing I mint tomorrow could be the same thing in a year. So yeah, I, I'm definitely gonna be jumping in because I've been ignoring it for a long time and uh, yeah, time to change that. And just to add to, a lot of the collections are relatively small. Um, like the one that I minted out yesterday was only 500. And then the one I minted last week was like 400 or 300. I think that also adds to the value. Cool, are you an art collector now? Yeah, I live in New York, Pet. Of course I am. Oh, so that's what happened. You moved to New York and you became a fine art collector. <laughs> bye bye hot dogs, hello art. Fuck, you know. He's still buying hot dogs, apparently. So. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Oh, yeah, I bought, I, I bought like 10 more this morning. I think I'm up to like 43 now or something like that. Yeah, I got to double check. Guys, in the bottom right. What? They're back on OpenSea. How can you not buy them? It's so easy to just to sweep them on gem. <laughs> just like, and they're so cheap. They're like $15 for one. I might finally have to subside and buy one. In the bottom right of my screen, it says it's record highs in terms of temperature. I don't know if that's true. Probably isn't factually correct, but it feels like it. It's really hot. And I haven't seen the sun once. Not once. Sorry to bring it back to weather. I do think that what we have seen as well, and this isn't like a cynical thing, it's like the pool of people buying NFTs has shrunk. And I guess the original pool of people that were buying NFTs were mostly buying NFT art, right? So, you know, if you think about like a boom and bus cycle, if we're at the other end of that bust and we're kind of consolidating and going sideways for a bit, both in, you know, macro, crypto, NFTs, whatever kind of derivative you want to look at it. I think there is not something poetic, but something quite logical about if that pool shrinks again, even though it's probably bigger than it initially was. In fact, it, it definitely is bigger than it initially was in you know, 2019, 2021. People going back to the, the roots, as it were, just makes sense to me, I think. Is that a can of water coin? Uh, a draft latte mocha cold okay i think your topic uh, leads well into mine and actually the reason i'm doing this topic and i was hoping zach would join us on the podcast actually doodles because we got into a little bit of a debate very friendly of course amicable because we are friends loopify who shouted us out last week which was awesome um, because we talked about treeverse the project that he uh, is heading up he or we all need to buy treeverse by the way curtis is all in we won't wait how many has Curtis got? I have none, but I, I DM'd him. Curtis will be all in is what I meant to Corin say. Corin is too busy to answer me on DMs, apparently. I DM'd him in Twitter or in uh, in Discord and in Slack to say, hey, when are we buying the Treeverse together? And I got nothing. Crickets. I want in. Wait, what? No. I Did I actually? I'm so sorry, Curtis. We need to uh, buy some. Corin moved to New York and he forgot all his friends. He's he's. I'm I'm an art collector now. I don't know what to tell you guys. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But we should definitely buy some this week. Like, no joke, Curtis. Um, I'm actually really down. At least buy one. I at least need one. I need I need in on this, by the way. If you guys cut me out of this, it's the end of the podcast. We'll spin up a prism and we'll get it done in like a, a couple hours. Nice. That actually sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, I got some ETH. <laughs> I got some ETH. I got some ETH because I'm a collector now. Because <laughs> I'm a collector now. <laughs> uh, okay, the, the tweet from Loopfire getting back on track was... Creators, specifically artists, should carry on getting royalty fees. This is a great feature of NFTs and marketplaces shouldn't take away the beauty of it. What do you guys think? Do you hate royalties like Zach? No, I'm joking. I'm joking. What do you think about that tweet in general? Because it stirred up a little bit of a debate about people saying, well, you know, like, should they, shouldn't they? And I thought it was quite interesting. So you, an art collector, have no thoughts on this, Colin. Can you go more into detail about this? Like, what does this mean? 
that no one should get royalties? Well, the the debate is like, you know, if an artist gets royalties forever, you know, does is that adding too much friction to traders? Is that sucking liquidity out of the market? Stuff like that. That was basically the jam. No. I think we should keep it how it is. However, yes, it's always going to suck liquidity out of the market. I mean, look at look at any top projects that have like over 100 ETH traded volume, right? Like not traded volume, but over 100 ETH like floor. Literally every trade is going to, you're going to lose five to 10 ETH out, out, sucked out of the market. Unless you, you never know those artists or those creators or those companies could also cycle it back into the market too. But I don't, I, I don't see it going anytime soon. So one of the other debates was if you have continued payment, that should correlate with continued expectation of service. I see what you're saying. Like you, you drop a PFP and you're like, hey, it's just a PFP and it does really, really well. And you get perpetual royalties on that forever. Should you then be forced into doing stuff with that money? for the community but that's people who want to that that's people who want to facilitate on a marketplace though right they don't have to if they don't want to use OpenSea, they don't have to they could send it to someone they could do a private sale that's their choice for convenience to give me that royalty right yeah yeah i suppose so think about it this way too pet if if i was in a movie 15 years ago and it plays on lifetime today i'm gonna get a royalty are you saying i shouldn't I shouldn't be paid anymore for work that I create. Are you, are you now telling us about your life as a child actor? No, 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 pat, 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 stop, stop. cut that out, cut that out. Don't, don't say that, but I'm just saying like in the movie industry, it's the same exact thing. You have royalties, you get a check every single month pretty much for the rest of your life for something that you helped create something. It's like my own creativity that I put out in the world. Like I... I, I think that you should always get paid for that. Um, I think you sh- it's like... It's really worth what, you know, what you created. I, I'm curious to hear Curtis's take, though. But I'm new to this debate, so I'm coming into this fresh. I have no idea what doodles and you were fighting about. Um, I think it's a being able to get royalties no matter where the asset changes hands is something that's very novel about what we have going on now, and I, I really like that. I don't think it's as easy as saying, like, everyone should or shouldn't. I think there's different... It, kind of depends on if it's just pure art then yeah artists should like that art still exists it's still changing hands they should get royalties stuff that is more like utility based i could see those being like slightly lower i guess depends like if you're putting that into a treasury to then support stuff that you're doing in the project and there's like a continued value um, that you're delivering then that's one case for royalties it's i'd be very interested to hear why people think an artist should not, or a project should not get any royalty after the initial sale, because that would basically be like what we have today. Well, yeah. I suppose if I'm trying to play devil's advocate, if we think about NFTs or specific NFTs as like digital products, right? When you buy physical products and you resell them, whether it's a pair of sneakers or whatever, there's no royalty incurred there. So is there an argument to be had that like for specific PFP projects where there is no you know, it's, it's almost directly correlating to the digital version of a physical product. Should that receive royalties? Yes, every every digital, not every, but most digital products do music. Artists who create music are still still get royalties from years ago. I don't. By the way, I don't. I don't know the debate that you and Doodles had. So 
like, like, if you want to enlighten us, please do. I'm actually being doodles right now. I was literally about to say, but music, but music can be listened to for free, right? It, even though it could be listened to for, f- I mean, you could look at my, you could look at any digital art for free too, right? Yeah, you don't have to buy yeah, it. Yeah, 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 that is true. Um, and you still get royalties from digital music. You get royalties from TV shows, from movies. You get you get royalties from everything. And I think, I think putting money back, except I would say in those industries, the creators getting screwed over more than in this than in like the nft or web3 industry because in this you actually set the value and you get it if you look at like movies or if you look at music like spotify takes like what 99 percent of it and gives the creator one percent or whatever it may be i think it's overall it's better for the creators in this sort of space i tend to agree with you hopefully doodles will come on uh, at some point and we can have that debate because i think it was really interesting it stirred up a lot of ideas in my head it, it really lent, uh, lived rent free in my head as, as i was at the gym a couple of days ago and i was just like yeah thinking about it all day so no it was a good debate i hope the gym has ac and loop if i followed me because of it so thanks doodles i guess should we move on to the last topic curtis what have you got for us today yeah so i saw a thread by Rao paul that I agreed mostly with, but there's a couple things that uh, I wanted to highlight, especially around some of the projects we've all been getting into lately and, and some of the cool stuff they've been doing. So I'll just summarize the thread quick. Uh, it's it's like a mini thread, so it's not too big. So his take, uh, I'll just read it. It's become near impossible to stay on top of projects you are already involved with. Allow lists, free mints, airdrops, mints, registrations, Dutch auctions, auctions, and all that just to get some next level. Uh, this makes it super hard for anyone but DGENs. I'm all for gamification, but this is starting to look like game for game's sake. Much like the path to a Goldman Sachs partnership, endless carrot, lots of stick. Can't we make communities and their rewards simpler? Have a community entry pass, subdivide community with NFTs, and allow like-minded people to collaborate. And once there's utility, then you can have the social community token broader for broader effects. So I'm not going to go on um, to the rest of it, but I agree it's hard to keep on top of stuff. And like we said before, I think some people are starting to get sick of jumping through all the hoops and doing the staking and, and all that stuff. But where I disagree is in... like we already have this very small community of NFT, JPEG enthusiast NFT community, and it's already subdivided. Like that's the different communities you can join. You can, if you want utility, you go to Floor, you go to Sunday Drip, you go to Shiny, you want PFPs, there's tons of PFP projects. You want fine art, jump into art blocks or one of the generative art projects. Like we already have that subdivision. And so if you want the gamification and some of the cool stuff that some of these projects are doing, like go play in those sandboxes. If you don't, then don't. I mean, the choice is already there, so I kind of I disagree that we need to make everything simpler. We already have simple, like just own and hold forever type projects, and then we have the more complicated wizards of the world where they're doing all sorts of crazy on-chain uh, madness. What do you guys think about? I know we we talked about hoot jumping earlier, but what are your guys' takes on whether things are getting a little too complicated, or if uh, we need like simpler uh, NFT projects? I feel like more complicated stuff leads to more innovation, like more creativity in the space. Like the wizards thing is like kind of groundbreaking in the space. And I wouldn't say like it's all bad. I would say it's like kind of cool to see what type of different mechanics we can do with things. And who knows, this could lead to someone figuring out the next really cool thing that like everyone loves or or just works like super well, right? I do think that there is sometimes a lot of hoops and that's why there's a lot of, there's also a lot of tools to help you navigate those hoops, right? For example, like, yeah, doing all these mint lists or allow lists and like all this stuff, like it, it gets complicated and then you have like auctions, Dutch auctions like that. And I think 
it's really tough to onboard into the space, but I, not to shill here, but like the mint list you created, Curtis, I think is really helping with that as well from like, from just our community standpoint. Cause like you go to like the mint list website and it shows you like, Hey, this is how much it means for this, how you do it, et cetera, et cetera. This is a website and it just makes it simple. Right. But yeah, I, I, I do see the point there though. I do see how things are complicated. Um, but I don't think it's all bad. I kind of think about this and I'm like, what are the most successful NFT projects? Right. You're thinking either about the blue chips that have done extremely well, right? Your board apes, your proof collectives, your doodles, and so on and so forth. Those communities are still really small, right? They're still in the tens of thousands. And on the other side of the spectrum, who's done it really well at scale in a slightly more centralized way? Uh, you know, Top Shots, so rare. We've seen kind of, you know, 100 Thieves give almost a million NFTs away. Doodles want to do a million person uh, NFT drop. We've seen some work at like pretty, uh, pretty amazing scale, which is quite cool. And clearly the ambitions for a lot of these projects are to do stuff at scale as well. I guess the question is, and maybe the, the nuance to this debate slash that thread is, I think the innovation and really interesting stuff is going to happen in these smaller communities where there is a lot more focus and a lot more crypto nativity i think the mainstream stuff is equally as important because distribution is just as essential so what i'm kind of saying is the complex like loot is such a complex idea right but you know it was kind of so innovative and forward thinking when it first came out like loot project and it made a lot of non-NFT people rethink the way that they've been thinking about like game design for years which is awesome right at the same time something like loot initially is not going to go like mainstream the stuff that is and attracting loads of users is the axes the steppens that the easy to use stuff right that doesn't create as much friction or, or difficulty to understand stuff so i think innovation is still going to come from those small tight-knit communities that are like super focused and they really uh understand what's going on and they're on the cutting edge but you know i think the simplicity stuff matters just as much because that's where the distribution and the the kind of scale stuff comes from yeah i would agree because we're so early and because everyone's just kind of heads down we're out of the very weird bull market meta we had and now people are actually delivering on roadmaps and playing around with cool new stuff that stuff is meant to be or it's going to be complicated and not have mainstream appeal just because it's it's so weird and, and you have to be like in the community to really figure out um, all the ins and outs of those but once we see some of those become successful they do make their way into simpler like forms and then that's how some of these really cool on-chain games could potentially be something someone just jumps into from a coin base or something like that so the other interesting thing is that you mentioned proof and there's board apes and a couple others once you establish yourself in one of these categories, you start branching out into the other ones. So if like you've got PFPs and games and utility and fine art. And if you look at some of the bigger projects that you were mentioning, Pat, they've all started in one of those camps and then they've branched out into the other ones as they became successful. So you had like proof used to just be utility. So it's just community, but now they've got a PFP and Moonbirds. Yuga did the same thing with Board Apes, which is PFP. They did serums and all that sort of stuff, but now they're going into games, doodles, originally PFP and community, but now they're getting into the duplicator and who knows what all that's going to entail. So I think you need these smaller projects doing these weird experiments so that the bigger projects and the more mainstream projects can start taking and like simplifying some of those really interesting concepts. Um, so I really like what 
like Avius is doing, Wizards, like I like all that stuff. And some people are going to be pissed off with some of the mechanics and some of the ways those things are running. But what's going to come out of it is some really interesting ideas and people are just going to keep iterating on those those cool things. What are your guys' favorite um, kind of on-chain experiments going on right now? Ooh. That's it. I would say the wizard. Yeah, thing. I was. I was gonna I, say that. First of all, I don't even know if it's. I don't even know if it's legal. Can they like? Even, I mean, obviously they're doing it, but like, imagine like buying something and then like, so, someone across, so, someone in like the UK, like look at pet, like just look at pet's face, like just imagine that guy, like just making all your money go poof. Why the fuck is it me? Why am I the rugger? Like I'm just saying, like, I don't know like the the ins and outs of their mechanics, but it, it just seems like what they're doing is pretty cool. It's definitely pissed a lot of people off. That's for sure. The one I like, and we're not quite sure what is all going to go into it, is um, Avius Animi is doing like their next collection is basically he's building up a whole world and like there's a faction and a counter faction and what he's getting into is you're going to have to send your Avius away to get burned and in return you're going to get this other faction and so you have to decide and decipher some of these clues to figure out which Aviuses are going to be more rare in the other collection so it's it's an interesting so it's a combination of like kind of staking but kind of doing burn mechanics um, which is and then you've got some puzzle stuff thrown on top so that's kind of cool I think I, I'm quite bullish on like customizable NFT stuff so like really interested to see what doodles do so I think that's going to be really cool I think there's going to be some interesting, quite light touch gamey stuff going on. So I'm interested to see in what the like Stranger Things NFT game that like there was news about a couple of weeks ago, three, four weeks ago, it looks like. I think that'll be quite interesting. I actually met the team that are doing that. I don't know if they're named in the, the PR. So they said they've got some cool ideas. So I think, and of course, you know, not like exactly like a mechanism for a drop, but seen the trailers for treeverse i mean looks awesome it really looks cool so okay yeah so we're <laughs> buying one today guys i'm not even joking i like we need to get it today. actually oh, sort of right. related getting away from the experiment stuff what's been kind of interesting because I'm, I'm still very young into nfts so this is like my first bear it's kind of interesting to see the projects that have stuck to the roadmaps and are now starting to deliver stuff so like the games are coming out, the comics, the merch, like the different community things, like those things are actually starting to land because we're not in like this constant hype cycle. So yeah, it's kind of cool to finally see all this stuff you're holding in your wallet actually have like real utility attached or real like what what you've bought it for has actually come to fruition. Have you seen anything new with MPL League, uh, Curtis? I saw that they were trending on IC yesterday. Yeah, bunch of bunch of sweeps happened. Um, we're still in training, so if you have MPL and you haven't bridged them over to Polygon, like definitely do that. We're in this stage where they're sl every week they release a new like mini game, and from that mini game you earn currency, and that currency is going to be able to let you further upgrade your characters. Um, so every character has different stats and you can kind of build them out however you want. So if you want a good defender, a good finisher, maybe you want someone who's super fast. Um, so all that stuff's going on. I think the thing that caused the pump was they just released basic universal income or Mars basic universal income or something like that, where if you enroll your characters, which is kind of like a soft stake, um, you start accruing the token for upgrading your characters more slowly than you would playing the games. But ultimately people are scooping up more MPL players because they want more of that token. It's I, I've been really impressed with that team so far. Like it, it's once the game starts, it's gonna be a lot of fun. It, well it's 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 the same team behind like Harry Potter, right? Uh creative. Yeah, a lot of these 
the team is from Warner Brothers, they the resume of them is crazy. Lots some people involved in Harry Potter and other Warner Brothers stuff that you'd recognize. But yeah, it's it's a really solid team. The art's awesome. And so far, like every week without fail, they've delivered like a really solid game experience. And we're not even into the game yet. Like we're just doing mini games. So it's... Can I ask, didn't they do like an on-chain penalty shootout the other day, Curtis? What does that actually mean? That was last week. So essentially what they did was every day you had a certain period before Gaffer is kind of the professor that's kind of spun up this whole thing. He, there's a bunch of lore around it, but he was going to die. He would either dive to the right, to the left, or stay in the middle. And depending on what stats you had for your character and where you picked to shoot, left, right, or center, you would score or not. And if you scored, you'd go on to the next round. And I think there were six total rounds. And the, the reward for winning, like going through, was exponentially increasing. So if you got through to the final round, which meant you guessed correctly six times, you would get, I mean, I think it was like thousands of token, which is a lot because most of these games you've been winning like 50 to 100 tokens so it's actually a pretty big reward for uh, jumping in and playing that game and it's all in polygon too which is the other cool thing which means everything costs pennies to do and what gives me a lot of confidence is just the way they've done i've seen lots of cross-chain games before and usually there's always issues pretty much like a non-issue experience so far like bridging players there's staking on like this universal income is actually an interaction between polygon and mainnet so just lots of cross-chain stuff going on but it's all going seamlessly yeah i think the the main issue is like people want the good stuff from a layer two but they want the value capture of a layer one like eve and bridging isn't totally secure but i think if someone's done it right and well that's that's really positive i think we should move on Corwin, what is the latest from floor in the floor section so the latest in the last week would be we have the new gen art in the community, which is awesome. Make sure to check out that channel. We are, Raul and RD are doing such an amazing job of educating the community on all these generative art projects. And a lot of people have hopped in and um, also discussed what they're doing. I think uh, we, there was discussions like Tezos this morning, which is awesome. Um, and then finishing up last week, we had a successful town hall. Thank you for everyone that showed up. A lot of great things are coming to the app. The app is working amazingly thanks to chris curtis engineering team looks i can't wait to see everything new that's coming like it just like it's i know it's around the corner but i'm so impatient i feel like a i feel like a kid waiting for christmas and i, I know i'm a few weeks away <laughs> curtis can you give us any alpha uh, just ask chris in discord he he keeps posting screenshots from like our product roadmap in response to people's questions. I, I saw that today. <laughs> I mean, one one exciting thing, I, I'm not going to name any specific features, but we've activated quite a few engineers from the community and other people. So on the community side, you're obviously doing that core. But on the engineering side, we've actually brought on, I think we're up to three or four engineers now that are contributing code to Floor. So there's these are features that we would eventually get to. But right now, we can actually activate our community and say, hey, if you want to help us build this thing, like have at it and they're getting paid for doing so and uh so our velocity is increasing so for a while with the fundraise and all that stuff we had we're a little bit slower now we're, we're starting to pick things up so you'll start to see more features landing in your app very soon yeah and just like i think i was online on sunday and chris is just like shipping out update after update after update i'm like oh my god uh so it's really great that we got over like that well i mean we're kind of getting over like that hiring phase and then just going whoo like straight into it which is awesome and yeah it's even more awesome that it's so many people from our community that are coming to help build literally amazing exciting stuff and speaking of community 
let's get on with some community questions. So we're running a little bit out of time, so picked two or three out here. First one from Moonfuel, with predictions of recessions and economic downturns projecting 12 to 18 month market suppression, how long can Freemint slash DGen season reasonably sustain the appetite of the NFT market? If we're talking about 12 plus months of current market conditions, what can projects do to develop revenue streams and attract buyers at this point? So neither of you have an answer to that. You've stumped us. It's interesting because honestly, I don't think a lot of the projects we degend into one exist anymore, or maybe they do, but I mean, no one really cares about them anymore. So yeah, everyone's just kind of going on to the next. I don't know how long that's going to last for. Um, maybe all the degens will just jump into art blocks and start collecting fine art. Yeah. What do you think, Corn? Corwin's leading the way on that already. <laughs> I'm always on the new wave first. DGen Dungeon's going to like completely be converted and be called like art collective or something like that um i mean it's already happening right like it's just i feel like even though they're they're kind of being converted into like this new wave of like art i, I feel like people are being less degeny with it though they're like oh like this is really cool i want to hold this for a while so yeah i mean i'm i'm aligned with curtis that's your cop-out answer because realistically like what what can these projects do like there's only so many alpha groups or NFT trading tools, or I mean, I don't, I definitely don't need any more merch. Like, so what are they going to do? I don't know. I guess if they have a better vibe than a community you're currently in, you might stick around more. But I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm full up on discords right now. I probably actually have too many. So yeah, I, I don't need another discord to sit around in. Yeah. And, and actually, I think the space goes in the gaming. I, I think that's just going to be the big winner. You guys saw the new GameStop NFT over a million dollars in volume in the first nine hours. Is that legit? Yeah, I think so. I'm pretty sure it is. What is being sold and bought on their platform? That's a good question. I saw a dashboard that said that, but yeah, that could be completely wrong, actually. But I saw a dashboard that said that, and I don't know where they're pulling their data from. But on top of that, too, like they're starting to support Layer 2s. Like, they have Lumium on like their homepage, and they have like uh, IMX, like Immutable X on their homepage, too. They're like, hey, we're going to do this. And you could also buy through like an L2, um, like put your credit card and everything. So I can see the space really go that way. I'm on the platform now and it does look like there's been about a million on the last. If you kind of think about it this way too, like I know everyone likes to use this as like a cop out, but like look at Fortnite. How much money did Fortnite do, Pat, on just selling digital skins? 50 million with NFL on that drop, right? On one drop. Easily GameStop NFT can do that. Look at them. Like they have the power with like the credit cards. Easy. They make it easy to use. Um, so crazy. Why has there been a million dollars worth? Like, why has this happened on GameStop NFT and Coinbase NFT completely flopped? That's a really interesting thing. Because because GameStop did not pay <laughs> never mind. I'm not gonna throw shots. I'm not gonna throw, shots. throw that shade. This is really interesting. But it seems like they really know, it seems like they know their market, what they want to do. And, you know, they, they have a mission of like, hey, let's, let's target this audience. And it seems like it's working. And I think it's, I, I think it'll be the next wave. Like, honestly, I, I think it will be the, the wave to come because look, what are we most hyped about right now, right? All three of us up here are hyped about Treeverse. Why? How crazy would you think I would be? Like if, you know, when during the GameStop shorting, retail trader bubble happened if i was like to you guys fellas this thing is going to go to like however many hundreds of dollars it's going to crash the investors are going to take loads of money off the table they're going to use that money to launch an nft platform and it's going to do a million dollars volume on the first day you'd literally think i was crazy 
And how much did they make from that? What's their what's their percentage? One point five percent. I have no idea. I think actually. I actually linked it here. Let me see. That website I linked you earlier in your Slack message. Hold on, let me go back to it. I know that it had. I think it had like a royalty fee on it. Let me see if I could find it. I here. think there's one of ones as well on here, which is quite cool. Oh yeah, so they made tw- they made twenty one thousand dollars in fees at a one point two five percent. I think is their fee. Does that make sense? Actually. Yeah, I I think that would make sense. So right now it's been two days and they're at $1.7 million in volume. And it looks like they made like 21K in fees. So that's like 10K a day in fees. Not a bad start, really. Like, you know how hard it is to get someone to use your platform? That's not easy to do. How how much longer until they eclipse the Coinbase NFT volume? They already have. I figured. I knew it was going to be close, but... I'm assuming they have. I really don't know uh, Coinbase's overall volume, but I know that's not looking good. I mean, you so. just add up a whole bunch of zeros and it comes out to basically zero, right? Sure, sure. I'm pretty pretty impressed, to be honest with you. A 1% fee, I think. I think. Yeah, and then if they start implementing L2s, which, I mean, they might have already have, and I'm just missing it here, but like... That's, uh... <sighs> it's looking good for GameStop. Fair play, man. Fair play. Yeah, it's really looking good for them. Let's move on to this from Storm13, Storm because I thought it was, um, I think it was a good one. Damien Hurst, the currency project is entering its final week. Holders must choose between burning NF- the NFT and keeping the physical painting or keeping the NFT and the physical painting will be burnt. So basically, you have to choose which one you want to keep, the NFT or the physical painting. Otherwise, the you know the vice versa is burnt. The NFT floors between 4 ETH and 20 ETH in the past 12 months. Physicals has sold from 12k to 50k GBP, so that's about you know 14,000, dollars to about sixty thousand dollars. The project is one of few with significant price appreciation in the past few months. What do you think of this experiment? And if you had one, which version would you keep? Do you know what? When Curtis was going to ask me about like drops and mechanisms and stuff, because you mentioned the wizard and it's quite similar to this, I actually think this was genius from Hearst. Like he got it straight away and he was like, okay, let's put it this test. 10,000, are you going to keep the physical or the digital? And then there's the game theory, right? Because if it's, if you're like, oh, everyone's going to keep the physical, then you might be like, oh, I want to be one of the people that keeps the, the NFT. And then if you're like, oh, everyone's going to keep the NFT, then maybe you want to keep the physical. And then you might double bluff yourself and you're like, oh, well, everyone thinks that. Is, and I'm gonna is go there the a other. deadline? Uh, it's going to happen in, it's in its final week. We're in the final week now. Yeah, I would, I would keep the digital version. Would you? Yep. I, I would do the same. I'm a sucker for JPEGs. I would keep the physical. I know that's off-brand, but... I love the physical, but how, like, is it... I don't know how tough that market is. I don't know anything about that market. If I knew about that market, then I'd probably go with the physical. And not to say that... No, I but, like, having like, a Damien Hurst physical for the rest of your life, wherever you lived, it's like, can you even put a price on that? I, I mean, how well would it hold... You're telling me you don't know the market, but you're an art collector. Come on, tell me. How... <laughs> first of all first of all the first thing about art pet is you need to have a good temperature controlled room okay is it really going to survive in your london apartment (laughs) oh you really are an art collector i I think it takes an extra month being in new york before you become a physical fine art collector so we'll check back in and see where corwin is in a month (laughs) oh my god i'll I'll be there soon that's brilliant i i mean same, same sort of thing like i'm not that much of a physical art collector and having it hanging in my office or house is, I don't know. Also, to even sell it, because at current ETH prices, like the physical is selling for 50K, I don't even know the first thing about where I would sell that <laughs> piece of art if I had the physical. So I think I'd just keep the digital because I'm a sucker for uh, the NFTs and JPEGs. So 
yeah, I'd want that. Fair mm. enough. We've got a question here from uh, and the last one, I think, because we're running out of time. Nitty Few Few said, is there a place to measure active NFT buyers and sellers as well as active Discord users per channel? Keen to get some additional stats and precursors to market sentiment and activity. And there was a host of questions that were like, yeah, what are your favorite tools? Like, what do you think is the ideal tool for an NFT collector trader? So run me through your, your playbook, guys. Like, what, do you, uh, what do you use? What do you like? What would you like? I'll go first. I guess. So in terms of measuring active buyers and sellers, the partnership that Floor just did with Watchtower, that's one of the coolest tools for tracking this sort of thing. Like for a while, there's lots of Twitter bots that track like this whale bought this or these this group is buying this, but this is an app that lets you do that. So you can actually have groups. You can say like, what is Floor minting? What are they buying? What are they selling? Uh, same with Proof and other big communities. So if you want to follow at the community level, you totally can. So Watchtower is being really cool for that. I Super C for the longest time has been like my in-browser. It does rarity. You can uh, look at metadata before. Usually it reveals on OpenSea. They've got a lot of the activity listings. So you can actually pull up a, a screen and it shows you all the listings and sales. And you can then get uh, alerted when certain things hit rarity thresholds and price thresholds. So you can actually get like a, uh, your browser will actually ping at you to tell you like, hey, this something met your, your threshold. And then the other one I just got into recently is Tiny Astros, which it looks kind of like NFT nerds and Compass and all the other ones, but it's really slick and uh, really fast. So if Super C could branch out and do like the Tiny Astros thing, that would be my perfect tool. So it'd be like rarity in a Chrome extension, but then also a site where I can actually look up like historical, like the floor walls and listings and sales and stuff. Like they have the data, they just need to turn it into a slightly different uh, view to accomplish this. But that's that's kind of my stack right now. I would say like kind of like in the, if you had to use one that was free, like I know Curtis mentioned like uh, Astros and um, Super C and like all that cost money. My biggest free one I would I would recommend to people is Gem. Gem has so many new features now. Like you could see the floor depth on every single marketplace. You can see how much volume on every single marketplace. They do such an amazing job of just aggregating all the data into like one interface now. And then the second tool I use is floor. You know, floor has a sort by volume now. So now I open up my portfolio every morning. I literally put by volume and I'm like, wow, what is this? Like I had something listed on one of my collections and I'm like, this collection has like 30 ETH in volume the last day. I'm going to delist that. And then next thing you know, the floor is actually like way above that. So that's what I'm using at the moment. Oh, and IC tools, obviously. Um, IC tools literally every hour, see what's going on in the market. It's a just a great view of, you know, what collections are trading. Maybe you don't have to use IC tools for much longer. Alpha. Right. Well, with that bit of alpha, we'll probably leave you all for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can, of course, find us at The Floorcast on Twitter. Remember, none of what we have just said is financial advice, just great advice. Corwin, where can people find you at? You can find me at 0xCorwin on Twitter or Living in the Floor Discord. Um, Curtis and I just got new bunk beds delivered, actually, since I moved. Um, so I'm super stoked on that. Would people be interested in, like, bunk bed floor cast NFTs? Do you think there's a market for that? No. I think it is. No, there's zero I, Honestly, you put those bad boys on GameStop, we're flying. Only if it's, gener only if it's generative art. Generative, and it's generative bunk bed art on GameStop, we jump on all the trends right now. Kill it and retire. Curtis, where can people find you at? Oh man, this bunk bed thing will never die. Curtis J. Cummings on Twitter and in Discord, rocking my new hexy crossover with a hot dog PFP. 
which I'm very, very happy to have now. Amazing. You can find me at Pet Berisha, P-E-T-B-R-I-S-H-A, and you can find Floor at Floor NFTs on Twitter also. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening, and we'll have more Floorcast for you next week. <laughs>